Hi friends, welcome to Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver. I'm Sandra Peoples and I am joined today by my friend Tanya and I am so excited to welcome her to the podcast. She and I have known each other online for a few years and then met in person last year, which we were saying feels like two or three years ago <laughs> because yeah. this year has felt so long, but we met in person at the Together Conference which is a special needs ministry conference held in Atlanta. And so we got to spend in real lifetime together then, which is always uh, the best part about conferences like that is getting to meet people that you only know from their little profile avatar picture online. And then you get to meet each other in person back when we could hug and high five and do all of the connecting stuff that we'll be able to do again soon once all this passes. Um, so Tanya, thank you so much for being with me today. Um, we're going to focus on you are a caretaker for not just one child with a disabilities, but two children. And so that's what we're going to talk about today to really get into uh, what that looks like in your family and how you manage that. And how you manage the practical things and how you manage the spiritual side of kind of being worn out by all that you do. And so we're going to talk about all those things, but I would love for you to introduce yourself. First, tell us about your family, um, the Autism Faith Network, just all the things that you do. Okay. Well, first, I would like to thank you for having me on your podcast today. Um, I am Tanya Nash, like you said. And I am married to my husband, Jamie. We've been married 17 years. We are a military family. And my husband, he retired almost five years ago. We have two boys with autism. One is 13 and one is seven years old. So there's a little gap in between them. And I am a public health professional. I work for a public health company. Um, and I design health communication messages for that company. That's so awesome. um, the, the Autism Faith Network, we started that in 2016, and our goal for that is to educate places of worship on autism and how to serve persons with autism and their families. Yeah, and that's really how we got to know each other, was that I learned about the Autism Faith Network, and we communicated about the work that you do there, especially April is your big time for Autism Awareness Month, and you are a very busy lady. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> in April, <laughs> getting the word out. And so that work is just so important in churches that they understand how to care for families like us, but also how to serve adults with autism um, and really be able to have people with different disabilities and specifically autism that you work with be fully uh involved in every level at the church from being served to doing the serving and ministering themselves. And so I'm really thankful for the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a few things today. Um, and one of the main things I want to talk about just because we, this podcast, we focus on self-care and soul care. So even though you and I could talk about 15 different subjects, <laughs> really. We're going to talk about how we care for ourselves as caregivers. And so you have two boys on the autism spectrum, and that is a little bit of a different role than I have as the mom of a child with autism and a typical child. And so you've got two boys, two different ages, 
different needs, different things, <laughs> different personalities, all of that, that you're trying to care for. So tell us a little bit more about them and how you kind of um, care for them. Yes. Well, um, really the saying is true. When you meet one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. <laughs> My boys, they share DNA, but they are day and night from each other. <laughs> And so um, my oldest son, you know, he's um, real caring, really sweet. He's very visual. Um, and so anything that involves, um, you know, visual creations, any art, you know, things like that, he excels in. Um, he loves to build Lego churches. Oh. And so um, he builds churches out of Legos. He builds the insides of the sanctuary. And, um, you know, so that's his thing. And then my youngest son, he's more of an intellectual. So he loves to read. Mm -hmm. He likes to um, make videos on his Amazon Kindle Fire. Um, he likes logos. He likes to write. And so, you know, that's some of the things that he enjoys doing. And so they're both very different from each other. And um, one thing that I like to do with them is um, my oldest son, his love language is gifts. And so I use that to help him to learn things and, and or to help him with his life skills that he's learning. And so um, this summer we started him with chores and that kind of helps me because, you know, one of his chores is folding towels mm -hmm. and that's one thing that I hate to do. And so <laughs> he folds the towels and he gets paid to fold towels and he does a better job at folding towels than I do actually. <laughs> but So he folds towels and he gets excited about getting money so that he can buy more Legos to build his churches. Uh -huh. And so, um, you know, um, using their love languages is always very helpful with getting them to learn or to um, build them up really. You know, with my youngest, his love language is words of affirmation. And so I teach him, you know, how to do things by, you know, praising him, you know, yeah. oh, good job. You know, you put your pants on the right side this time, you know, good job. You know, you ate all your food and he just smiles and grins and he's so happy because he felt like he accomplished something. Yeah. And so I use those things to kind of um, help them. And then it also helps with our relationships because um, it's less of um, confrontation when I know what works for them. Yeah. So those things are um, important to me, you know, when dealing with the challenges of having two, you know, um, children with special needs, you know, I've found that it can kind of be difficult with um, prioritizing time. Um, you know, they both have different needs. And when you think about therapies, how one might have a therapy, but it might conflict with um, a schedule of another child and so trying to navigate through that can be difficult mm -hmm. and then also too um, people can be difficult <laughs> when you have multiple children with special needs um, you know when I introduce my boys to people or I talk to people and you know they discover that I have two sons with autism and they're my only children um, people don't know how to react to that yeah. and so I get um varied responses sometimes people you know they immediately go to sadness or like oh my god like you know like yeah. and then some people you know they just don't know how to respond but I always try to um let people know that my boys are gifts they are joy and they really teach me you know 
I've become so much of a better person because of my experiences with them. And so um, I'm glad to be their mom and it's been a blessing to have them. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I hear you talk about them, I think they sound like such sweet boys, you know, yes. and they would be fun to be around and, and keep you on your toes for sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, people with autism, they don't have a, a sense of, of humor mm -hmm. or, you know, they don't really care about other people. I have not had that experience with my boys. My, um, my oldest son, he's, uh, we went for a walk this morning and it was very hot. You know, <laughs> yeah. we live in Georgia. And he took his hat off and started fanning me. He said, Mom, I need to cool you down. <laughs> so he started fanning me. So, you know, they, they're really caring. And, you know, they have their own little sense of humor and yeah. their own little personalities. And I think that if we just take time to get the kind of know persons with autism or autistic persons, I think that we would be pleased and blessed by what we find. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's, you know, just like you said, no two are alike and just like no two of any of the rest of us are just alike. And so right. we've got to be students of our children and get to know them. And then students of like for at, at my church, I have to get to know each individual child to know what works best for them. And so um, it can feel like work sometimes yeah. to get to know and and you talked about love languages there's a book by jolene philo called the five love languages for special needs families and so yeah if you're listening today and you're you want to know more about how to figure out the love language of your child with disabilities that book takes you through the quizzes and so you can do that for your kids with disabilities your typical kids your spouse and that's yeah. just one more way that that we like i just feel like if I've got limited time mm -hmm. with this kiddo, I'm going to speak the language where they understand love the best, right? To be the clearest message that I can have. So like you said, if that's words of affirmation or receiving gifts, like yeah. that's what I want to speak the most of so that they get the most out of it. So right, that's good. It's good to, to get to know your kids as individuals and be able to care for their individual um, needs. And I know it's a lot. I mean, even, you know, in my family, I have an older sister with Down syndrome and have James. And when I have the two of them together, mm -hmm. like I like to say that James is way out front and Sybil's way behind, you know, so I'm like, slow down, hurry up, slow mm -hmm. down. And so There's some days where you're juggling their needs and their personalities and their skill levels and all of that. And, and I know that it can be uh, hard, but yeah, I love that you sing it. Yeah. But you seem mm -hmm. to really find a lot of joy in that. And so that's, that's contagious to friends like me who know you to see that joy and um, to know that, that that comes out of your love for them and, and your love and your relationship with God is reflected in that too. And so it's really sweet to see. Um, so you talked about like coordinating therapies and all of that kind of thing. So what kind of practical advice do you have or what are some things that you do at your house that make things run smoother when you're trying to juggle everything? Like especially in a busy season like Autism Awareness Month when you are full-time advocate, full-time mom, full-time wife, yeah. full-time everything. Are there any ways that, any things that help you do that? 
Well, my boys thrive on a routine. They have to have a routine. Like every night, my oldest, he says, mom, what are we doing in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then, you know, my youngest, he likes to go. So, you know, he, he needs an agenda. And so we have a loose routine of things that we do every day. And that routine is kind of based upon what their needs are. And so, um, for example, my youngest son, he needs lots of opportunity to run, jump, stem, play. I mean, he's very active. And so what we do every morning, we go and we walk about three miles as a family. And um, that helps him to get some of that energy out. And then, you know, on the walk he gets, it's good for his sensory issues as well, because he gets to talk about the houses, you know, smell the smells, all of the different things that occur on a walk. And so um, that's one thing that we do. And then my oldest son, he needs opportunities to create. So, you know, he has his set time where he can create things with his Legos. And so we kind of build in things that will help them throughout our day. And then I kind of plug in, like if I have a meeting or something like that, and I'll tell them, okay, boys, mommy has a meeting. And that's happened enough times where they're kind of like, okay, mommy, because, you know, <laughs> I don't want them crashing toys all you know, right, off the top right. of something. <laughs> So, you know, they've learned, you know, to kind of work with me when I have meetings and then, you know, um, they're big on, you know, eating. So like, you know, especially during the summertime, you know, lunchtime. And um, I've been able to teach my oldest son how to prepare some meals that don't require, you know, the stove. So, um, you know, empowering them to be able to help themselves through self-care and chores and things like that has been helpful for our routine as well. Yeah. Yeah, giving them a real sense of empowerment where they are in charge of what they need to do. That's really yes, important. and being able to give them a voice to advocate for what for what they need. Um, we started the walks right around the time that the kids got out of school for COVID nineteen, and um, you know, at first we were in the house a lot, you yeah. know, and um, you know, my youngest son was like, "Mommy, we need to go outside." And so um, at first, you know, that wasn't really enough. And so then we started going for walks. And so after a while, it it wasn't a routine yet. It was just kind of, oh, we'll take him for a walk today. And then he kept coming up to me and said, I want to take mommy out for a walk. I need to take mommy for a walk. And so then we started realizing that this is what he needs every day, (laughs) you know, and he would be more calm when he would come home. And so we started, you know, listening to them when they advocated for themselves and kind of just building it into the routine of our day. And it not just helps him, it helps me too, because I get the exercise I need. That's um, self-care for myself. I need to make sure that I am healthy so that I can take care of them. Yeah, that's so true. That's a good model. I mean, three miles sounds like a really long way. (laughs) My goal each day is one mile. So so that sounds really, especially being in Georgia, where right now it's, I know it's hot. So I know you got to get out there early. to be. Yeah, we either go really early or really late. Yeah. So um, if, you know, weather permitting, we have rain, um, storms every once in a while but it's either really early or really late when we go but it's helpful to him to have that time yeah I know Mm -hmm. I think sensory things we we don't have a pool but we have a swimming pool close to us that we can still go to Mm -hmm. and so James gets to go swimming pretty often Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, water is a good sensory thing and keeps yeah. him busy. And like you said, our boys are at those ages where they're eating a lot. Yes. Growing. <laughs> so we got to keep them busy. So they're burning all that off. And, and James even had a medicine change. And one of the side effects is weight gain. And oh. so we've just been watching that, you know, and, and kind of say, okay, we've got to provide opportunities for exercise, right? Is especially when it's so hot, we just mm -hmm. want to sit and, but, but like your younger son, James is busy. He likes to be outside yes. and is a sensory seeker. And so yes. we get out in it, whether we want to yes. <laughs> or not. <laughs> Isn't it funny how they push us for some of these self-care things? And right, they, they do. They down our rhythms, you know, like I can tend to be probably you too. And especially in your advocacy seasons, like, very goal and task oriented and they slow us down to remember the importance of time together and absolutely oh, that's a gift as well as busy as we can be um so um let's talk about other support systems that you have available you talked about being a military family and then retiring and and we have a lot of military families with kids with specifically with autism and, and that's such a community feel at times. And so I know they really can rely on each other for that. And then we have extended family and churches and it seems like nobody has all those pieces mm -hmm. <laughs> together at the same time, but hopefully most of us have one of those pieces. And so what pieces work together to really make you feel supported? Well, over our military travels, we have made lifetime friends all over the United States. Um, we have quite a few of them um, from, you know, different bases that we were um, stationed at. And some of them live about two hours away and some of them live about one hour away. They love our boys. Oh. They call them their nephews. And they have done the work to get to know about autism so that they could, you know, be helpful friends. They ask questions. And so that has really been a blessing to us, even though some of them live very far away. Yeah. Um, we also have a very supportive family system. So, um, you know, our parents, you know, our siblings, they have all been very helpful. The only issue though is, and I'm being honest about this, is that our closest friends are like really like, friends that we trust are like an hour to two hours away mm -hmm. and our closest family members. Um, I think the closest one is about six hours away. Oh wow! So we do not have the local support network that I wish that we had. Yeah. Um, and that can be an issue. Um, actually almost a year ago, I got really sick and had to go to the emergency room and Jamie had to take the boys with us they wouldn't let him go to the back. And so what ended up happening was he had to call one of our friends to come up and help us. And thank the Lord, that friend, he just dropped everything and came. And um, it took some time for me to recover. And so my friends alternated until my mother-in-law could fly in. And then my mom came and my mother-in-law and my mom both came wow. together and stayed with us so that they could help with the boys and help me and so i'm really thankful for you know family and friends that will mobilize like that for me but it would have been a lot easier if i would have had the local support that i could trust 
um, with the boys like that. And so that's one area that I could improve in is to try and make more um, trusted local connections. But that can be kind of difficult when you have um, children with disabilities. And so, um, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, my extended connection with, you know, friends and family, but it would really be helpful to have more local. Yeah. People. Well, and you guys have moved often, right? Yes. In your military career. And that, I mean, you know, you talk about things that, that make your boys who they are. That's something yeah. that makes you who you are. <laughs> and so yeah. it, it's, I know it's harder to make friends, to invest in relationships, to, to get to that level of trust with somebody else. And so, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a weakness in my life as well. And, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. Like, if I have to go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. who are we calling? Who's on my emergency yeah. contact list? Who, who could love this family <laughs> or at yeah. least step in and temporarily take care of things while I'm gone? And that's a big, that's a big challenge for all of us. But I'm sure mm-hmm. for you, having two kiddos who need extra yeah. help, that mm-hmm. feels overwhelming at times and, and even hard to ask for, you know, from other people. Yes. And, you know, and then, you know, there's the trust issue too. And so when you have children with disabilities, you don't want just anybody coming in your home, you know, especially when your children may not be able to tell you what happened. Yeah. And so you have to be really careful about who you trust. But at the same time, there are situations where you have to be willing to let your guard down at least a little bit um, for the good of the entire family. Yeah. And so it's a balancing act. Yeah. It is. And I'm, I'm, you know, our younger son that has disability, has autism is 12. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, just right between your two, but the older he gets, the more aware I am of the things that he relies on me for. Mm-hmm. And so I need to teach him to be more independent, but also able to let other people like not have all the knowledge in my head, you know, like even last, so James is taking a medicine every night and we put it in a, we get a spoonful of applesauce and we put the medicine in the applesauce and then he takes it. So last night I was cleaning up something in the kitchen. And so I asked my husband Lee, I was like, Hey, can you give James his medicine? He said, sure. So he takes out this huge, like the whole spoon full of applesauce. And then and I was like, no, that's too much applesauce. Like, why would I say that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I have to learn that just because it's not the way I would do it, that doesn't make it wrong. And so as we're trying to push ourselves to trust other people, make them part of our lives, even if that's not in a caretaking role, even just like you talked about your friends who get to know your boys and, and feel like family, like Part of that is you being willing to let them in and to teach them and to allow them to see the hard things and the good things about life in your family. And see, that was one of the blessings about being a military family. You have to make connections really quick, you know, when you get to new places. Yeah. At the time when I met this particular group of friends, this was around the time that my oldest son was um, starting to show signs of autism. And so I really needed a tribe or a community of people to, you know, support me. And then also Jamie was deploying a lot during that season. Mm -hmm. And so I really needed um, support. And then actually during that time we were living in Oklahoma yeah. And so I was very far from family. Yeah. <laughs> so they became my family during that time. And so, you know, 
I'm like you in that I like to control, you know, like, oh, you're not doing that right. You're not doing this right. But I have to realize I have to let go and let God sometimes. And and if it's not going to kill them, you know, or harm them, then it'll be all right. And then after they get done doing what they're doing, I can come back and fix whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When they're not looking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A couple episodes ago, ago, I talked about like, think mantras that I'm living by are just reminders. And one of them is um, curiosity instead of judgment. And I can't tell you how many times, even with my husband, I like we walked through, we, the pool that we go to is like across the street at a, at another house, but that our church owns. So we were coming back home and he left the gate open mm-hmm. and I just looked at him. And, and so we made a joke and I said, I am very curious about why you would leave the gate open instead of saying, well, that's the wrong, you know, that's the wrong thing or the, and it's to the big yard, not just to the pool, you know, but like, it's just a mind shift to say other people can do things differently and it still be okay. So it's an opportunity for growth. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. (laughs) But I think when we're natural caregivers and you, you are, you have that tendency Mm -hmm. in you, you there is a little bit of that. You have to be good at these things, right? You have to have systems in place. And so you don't want the things that you're good at to, to overshow. I mean, those are strong characteristics. It's just when we kind of cross that line into, this is the only way to do it. That's right. I think it gets more challenging for the people around us. So right. It's hard, but then you find out that your older son is better at folding towels than you are. So, right. <laughs> and you know, actually, I had been um, kind of resistant to teaching him at first or trusting him with that because I like him done a certain way. And so I showed him how to do it a certain way. And it didn't take him long to do it because, like I said before, he's very visual. And so yeah. he's in his mind how to make things work. And he does them better than me. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, you know, and it's really trust, you know, trusting that someone else can do a good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard, but we, God gives us opportunities all the time to, to trust in him and to trust in other people. So, right. That's a good word. That's a good encouragement for both of us. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We need to be accountability partners in this. We We do. (laughs) Check in every week. Okay. Who else did you trust this week and how did that go? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That'd be fun. Okay. Well, let's transition a little bit to talk about um, soul care. We talked about self-care and soul care and because we are uh, Christ followers, you know, there's this added dimension. We're not just um, when we talk about self-care, we're not just talking about bubble baths and yeah. that kind you know, sleeping in, that's not always an option for us, but also there's that deeper need in us to get, um, fed by the word each day to spend time in prayer, to do all of that. And, and I think that's where we find hope for what our deepest needs are, not just, uh, exercise and good food and good sleep, but when we talk about stress and worry and fear, you and I have this solid foundation of faith that we can build on and turn to in those times. And so let's talk about some of the ways that you take care of your soul and what feeds you in that. And also maybe just a challenge to soul care right now for you or 
the future. We talked about um, before we hit record, you and I were talking about school plans and, and just all these things that bring stress right now. So where do you turn in those times of stress? Okay. So in terms of soul care, one thing that I do or try to do every day, I have the version app on my phone. And so I have different um, Bible devotions that I read every day just to kind of center, you know, my focus for yeah. every day. And, and so I choose different topics depending on what's going on in the world, how I'm feeling. And um, that has been really helpful for me. Yeah. I also really love music. And yeah. so I have, um, when I find myself getting anxious or stressed, I play music and I have um, playlists for different moods. <laughs> and um, that's been helpful. Also, my boys, they love music like I do. And so they'll come, my youngest, he likes to sing. And so we'll sing songs together and that's helpful. Even if he's in the middle of a meltdown, if I turn on certain songs, he'll, he'll, start, he'll stop and start oh, singing. Nice. So, you know, that's really helpful, you know, with music. And then also, um, you know, different Bible studies or devotions have been really helpful. Your, um, your Bible study or devotion you had, you know, um, Unexpected Blessings, that was a blessing. Oh, good. And so I love to promote that book um, with different moms that I meet that have children with special needs. And so, you know, just like you said, you know, filling your spirit with positive things, with um, music that talks about God and, you know, that gives hope and encouragement, you know, reading, those things are all very helpful, especially in the times that we are in right now with COVID-19 and all of the, um, the racial injustice that we are dealing with right now, um, COVID-19 that just threw the whole world for a loop, you know, nobody, you know, could have expected that. And it has really um, rocked everybody, you know, it threw, you know, with when you have a family, you know, that has persons with disabilities in it, you know, we come to thrive on schedules and routines. And when all of that is disrupted, it can be really hard for you know, families to adjust to that. And then when you think about respite care providers not being able to come in, you know, due to, you know, the risk of the virus, it can really cause for a lot of stress and anxiety and worry, you know, among families like ours. And so those things, you know, are really, um, they can be really stressful. Yeah. Yeah, which is why we feed ourselves on scripture yes. and prayer and music. And so that way, when those scary voices get yes. louder, we can say, no, we, we have the truth to answer this fear. We can yes. talk back to it. And one of the things that I love to remind myself of in scary times is to look back and see God's faithfulness Yes, in every hard season we've been through before. You talked about like, getting a diagnosis for your older son that you can look back on that and say, God was faithful to us during yeah. that time. And he's going to be faithful to us now. And I'm sure, especially going through that process of getting two boys yes. evaluated and then diagnosed, you had to take strength from your time in the word and, and all of that to get you through what would have been a scary thing. I mean, but you know, it would have been scary, I think yeah. to say, okay, I'm seeing these signs again. 
I know what this means. You have a little bit more knowledge. And so you can understand sooner what that could mean for your younger son. Yes. You know, um, in 2015, that was an extremely stressful year for me. Um, My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer that year. I started seeing signs of autism in my youngest son, and I thought, there's no way that can be happening again. And then, um, you know, we had a death in the family, and then my husband was getting out of the military, and we were moving, and so it was just so much, and it was, all of this was within the span of like maybe three months, and so it became very stressful, and so I had to get a scripture that I just said to myself all day for like a whole year, which was um, Isaiah 26 and three is, you know, that will keep my mind in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And I just, that was just my, my way of coping with things. And I also want to say too, is that um, it's important to consider when times get really stressful, prayer is good. You know, reading the Bible is good. Devotions are good, but you know what else is also good? being willing to go see a counselor. Yes. That is, (laughs) yes, that is so important. And it is often stigmatized, um, you know, in communities of color and among religious communities, but God gives these therapists wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to help us get through the hard times. And so we have to be willing to allow someone else to help us through when we're going through those hard times because uh, untreated stress, that can really cause problems in your health. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, when you think about all of the stresses that special needs families face, when you're talking about making decisions about education, therapies, their health, you know, dealing with um, societal norms and, and things like that, it's a lot. And so sometimes it's good to have someone else that you can share your, your emotions and your thoughts with, and then having them to be able to help you to put everything in context. Yeah. And so having a good therapist that can, can do that, that is always helpful. And so in 2015, when all of that stuff fell on me, that's when I started um, and got the help of a good therapist. I highly recommend that because we can't do life on our own. No, no. And And really, July is minority mental health care month, I saw, because we need more awareness for availability and like you said the stigma that comes for within the christian community within different yeah. minority communities to say no this is this we need to normalize it you know we need yes. to talk about mental health just like we talk about physical health so i'm glad that you brought that into the conversation that's really important yes i mean it's it's very important you know prayer is great but you know we need to take some action too yeah and that action involves seeing um people who can help us to process what's going on give us practical steps on how to adjust to you know in my case life as being a mother of two sons with disabilities to you know fears of you know my mom's health condition all of this at one time and so you know I I cannot emphasize enough that if 
you know, you're feeling like you're depressed, you're worried, you're anxious, you're stressed all the time. And it doesn't mean that you're crazy or, you know, that something's wrong with you or that you don't have enough faith. It just means that, you know, sometimes we need, um, you know, someone else to step in and help out. You know, we don't uh, think about um, going to get help, you know, if we break our leg or if we hurt any other part of our body. But, you know, when we need help with our mind, then all of a sudden it's a big deal. Yeah. And so we we have to be willing to um, embrace that and, and act on the resources that are available. Yeah. I agree. Even in our family, I deal with anxiety mm-hmm. um, and my husband has some depression. Mm-hmm. And so we, there, there've been lots of, see, lots of times through the last, like you said, like last five years or so that we've mm-hmm. done different counseling and we lived in Pennsylvania and here in Texas and gotten the help that we need. And um, next month in August, my, you know, I have one guest a month the friend who's coming on in August is Jillian Marchinko, and she writes quite a bit about depression and anxiety. And so we're going to talk about how to find a therapist and, and the things that, that you need to not ignore that are, you know, like the anxiety was very new to me, but it was affecting my health. I got, you know, I clenched my jaw and I, so it was starting to um, have some physical things that, that not just mental, but physical issues were coming from that mental health issue. And so got, so I started seeing a therapist just a few months ago to help me work through all of this. And I, I I met with her on Tuesday and I was laughing because she said, Oh, you got your hair cut. And I thought, I've seen her, we do the video thing, like, Uh like you and I are doing. I said, I see her more often than I see anybody else outside my face right now and so she was like one of the only people to notice I got my hair cut because I'm like okay but this she's an important part of my team right now you know she's she's doing we're doing important work together and so (laughs) it's it's helpful it's not shameful we've got to normalize it for ourselves and for our kids I think like there's things I talk to my older son David about (laughs) consistently to say you know, if there's, if you need an outside person to talk to, or, um, because he's, he's 14 and he, uh, is a pretty sensitive guy and he has a lot of friends who are girls. So we even talk about if a friend talks about suicide or a friend talks Mm -hmm. about self-harm or a friend talks about eating disorders, here are the steps that you need to take to help that friend. And so it's not even just us, it's helping everybody around us make this make these conversations more normal and so that we can get the help that we need and help I just feel like in this COVID time our kids and our teenagers are suffering even from more anxiety and depression and loneliness than they are at a normal time so we've got to help them as well so absolutely it's a lot it's important but Mm -hmm. that's good it's good and God gives us good gifts and one of those good gifts is a good counselor (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) so or medicine like there have been times that you know we've needed medicine to help pull us out of something so even that needs to be normalized just like pain relievers and right all of that so that's an important thing to talk through I'm glad that you brought that up so we could hit it but the more we have conversations like this, the more 
people can relate and then hopefully take the steps that we have learned are so important to take. And then, you know, like when you're parenting a child with disabilities, I saw one study and it said that parents of children with autism, they did, um, they tested cortisol levels and saw that the stress levels were similar to um, someone that had been in combat in the military. And so, you know, with special needs parents, you know, dealing with such high levels of stress, we have to make sure that we're not doing just self-care for our bodies, but self-care for our minds. Yeah. And that includes, you know, counseling or whatever. And, and when I say counseling, I also mean like someone who's licensed, um, who is knowledgeable. It may not necessarily be your pastor. It may be a therapist that you find, um, you know, out in the community, but someone who is trained appropriately because it can be, um, I've had, I, you know, when my oldest son was diagnosed and I would talk to people about my concerns and they were like, oh, you know, pray it away. Don't, don't claim it, you know, yeah. and that was the wrong kind of counseling. Yeah. So you have to find the right kind of counselor for your need. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That's good. Most people, you know, my husband is a pastor. And mm-hmm. so if people need counseling, quite a few of them come to him. Mm-hmm. And if it's a short term thing. He might help, you know, like an appointment or two because he is good at it. But then he has a list of people that he refers our church people to. So licensed counselors who are helpful. And then our church does, um, because sometimes cost is an issue. It can be expensive to go to therapy. And so our church has a little fund that if Mm -hmm. you go to therapy, they can help cover the cost of that therapy because we don't want that to be a hindrance. Yes. People getting their needs met. And so I think that's an important thing. Like churches or somebody you trust at church could be a good starting place to find out who you need, but then make sure that you're getting to what you need. Like for, for my anxiety, the person that I talked to about it first said that cognitive behavioral therapy would be helpful for me. Okay. So then I had to seek out somebody licensed and experienced specifically in that. So that was, it takes a little digging, but yes. I think you find the right person and click with them and it makes a big difference. Yes. And I want to clarify too. Um, I didn't necessarily mean to say that pastors aren't qualified to provide yeah. some level of counseling, but when you're talking about like deeper levels, like anxiety, like you mentioned, or just, you know, depression or things like that, then you may want to go and see someone that's licensed like you mentioned yeah for sure I just read a stat um and I don't remember where it was but like a certain percentage of people start with their pastor Uh uh-huh so that's what I was just saying that's a fine place to start as long as you you know and this is kind of Lee's process for that like like because when you know he and I both went to seminary and we took counseling classes premarital counseling to do that pastors do that a lot and some marriage counseling and those kind of things, but I am not, even though I enjoyed those classes, yeah. I didn't take enough to get certified. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. Plus, I tend to be too bossy to be a good therapist. Because <laughs> I would say, well, uh, I think you should do this. And then if the person doesn't, I'd be like, well, then I'm going to cancel all our future appointments until, you know. <laughs> so it takes a certain gifting 
to be right. good, to be good at that too. And yeah. you know, so I don't, I don't volunteer for too much counseling, yeah. even at our, you know, just with local people, I'd say, nope, there's people way more gifted and certified and with the training and the education to really do some big help. So right. that's fun. Ooh. All right. Well, I would love for you to tell us where our listeners can find you so that they can connect with you. They can learn more about the Autism Faith Network and the great work that you guys do. Um, and then you, you've talked about your background in public health, which I think forms your opinion as we got into the mental health aspect of that. You know from experience how important mental health is to the full health of a person. And so just all of the things that you are um, passionate about and that you, you share. I love, I mean, I follow you everywhere, but I really love to follow you on Twitter. I mean, you share some things that, um, that wouldn't be on my radar otherwise. And so I really appreciate what you share specifically there so that I can follow this link and then follow that link and, and keep learning. That's been a real blessing to me, especially as we talk about the racial tensions of things happening right now. And just, I need to continue to learn and be aware of the challenges that, that other families are facing that I may not have considered, especially in our autism community. Yeah. And so Twitter, the things that you share on Twitter, especially help me learn and, and grow in empathy. And so um, if you could just share all of your little handles, you know, okay. and, and everywhere people can find you. All right. So um, I love social media. Like Sandra said, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at I am Tanya Nash, T-O-N-Y-A-N-A-S-H. And then you can also follow the work of the Autism Faith Network um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest on at Autism Faith Network. And then on Twitter, we are at Autism Faith Net because <laughs> there's not enough characters allowed to put work. So yeah. <laughs> we're at Autism Faith Net on Twitter for the Autism Faith Network. That's awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that you took time to come on today and to encourage me and to encourage especially our listeners who are also juggling, not just caring for one family member, but caring for multiple family members. And then the importance of building that network, focusing on mental health care, all of those things that we hit on. We hit on a lot of stuff in a we short really amount of time, <laughs> which doesn't surprise me at all. I always say that like, Special needs moms are not great at small talk. When we get together, we get right to the the hard stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> really fast cuz we don't have time to sit and chat about the weather, you know, no. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Especially cuz we never know when we're going to get interrupted or, you know, somebody's going to need us. So, right. I really appreciate the time that you spent with me today and with the listeners so that they could get to know you better too. All right. Thank you, Sandra. Sure. Thank you.